BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we've got Molly Chang on. She is the founder and CEO of Abella Consulting, and she is the host of Say It Skillfully, which is an, uh, a, a program on Voice America that she hosts once a week. Uh, and we're going to have her on the show to talk about um, communication, management strategies, um, you know, getting the business owner, the founder out of the business and working on building those strategies for the business. So I know that she'll have a lot of thoughts on the subject, but Julie, what are your thoughts on the subject? On the subject of communication? I'm for it. Okay, me too. Podcast over. Excellent. All right. Uh, No, but in terms of the, uh, the need to communicate efficiently, because we, or not necessarily efficiently, effectively maybe is the better word, because we've all worked for companies where the goal setting, the strategy, all of that is, is either vague at best or non-existent. Like that communication doesn't really flow downhill that often. Yeah, what's interesting to me is I've never really, until, you know, we started researching and planning for this particular podcast, I never really considered the relationship between strategy and communication, right? I know that to really be to have an effective strategy that everybody buys into, it's helpful if you've got multiple people who are helping to build the strategy, right? If you, the more people from your team that you can involve, the better it is. And I suppose that is a direct um, form of communication. So it makes sense. But, you know, if I create the, you know, if we're just looking at just you and I, or you and me and Stacy, when it comes to Certivium, if one of us is creating the strategy and not really communicating it to the other or the others, it's very frustrating because you're like, what are we doing? So if you're looking at it on a bigger scale and we've been, you know, in big companies and small, that communication on the strategy side is, is key for buy-in. So, but I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it from that perspective until we started researching for this particular podcast. And it's, it's necessary for the buy-in for sure, that communication, but uh, I also, uh, for me, in terms of working for larger companies or, or just companies in general, where uh, leaders basically just kind of pick numbers out of thin air and say, here's your goal for today, for the month, for whatever. I want to see a 10% increase. Personally, I want to know what that's based on. Like, where did you just, you just came up with a number. Like, again, yes, I understand you're trying to motivate me or whatever it is. Like, we don't want to be static, but you can't just say, hey, increase by X amount. There need, like, there needs to be a basis behind it. Like, what's the strategy of the business? What tools do I have? All of these things, like, what's my motivation other than continued employment, which could be just perfectly fine or whatever it is. There's, there's a lot of communication that needs to happen and the 
communicating the reasoning behind the strategy, I think, will, will help people like myself buy into it because then I can look at that and say, oh, okay, this makes sense now that I know that X, Y, or Z went into this what seemingly was an arbitrary number of 10% growth. Yep, I would um, tend to agree with that. And I, <laughs> what it what I was thinking about was, do you remember way back, like, I don't know, month four or five of us being in existence? SB Pace, not us as humans, right? And we had um, we had hired a consultant, and she I know was exactly where you're going with this. She was a marketing consultant, right? And we hired her to help us launch our book, so we wanted to have a really big, successful book launch. And she ended up helping us, and I'm using the word "help" very loosely and air quotes a plenty. <laughs> air quotes a plenty um, to build a. Mm, what would we call that? A rev, uh, it was financial projections. Financial projections that were based on what were they based on? Magic, mystery, um, her imagination. I don't know. Not realistic at all, and, and we were a little naive ourselves. <laughs> well, naive because we believed her. Well, sure, but the, we trusted her. We yeah, hired her. That we, was naive. We had never launched a book before, so that was part of the thing. Was like, oh yeah, you know, this seems like, you, you know, it, it was. Uh, there was a lot more to it that wasn't considered, and there's a reason why we only paid her for one month of work. Correct, um, Amanda, and then charged her back for the second month because. <laughs> Listen, pro tip, if you're going to hire a consultant and the consultant asks you, hey, can you teach me how to hold myself accountable and do what I say I'm going to do? Fire the fucking shit out of that consultant immediately. Also, if you're paying for services up front, pay with a credit card so you can charge them back if they don't deliver. 100%. 100%. So... <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, she literally had us, like, seven figures in, like, six months. Yeah. Yeah, it was insanity. Yeah, yeah, I know. It only took us four. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, no. God, (laughs) she so underestimated our capabilities. It was was crazy, but we were doing, and that's the thing, the, the problem with hiring experts is that we hired an expert to help us with something that we had never done before because we were launching a book, launching a podcast, doing all of Mm -hmm. these things at the same time. And we had no reason not to believe her because mm-hmm. she was the expert who was She hired. was a guru. Yeah, exactly. But we've <laughs> learned, we learned our lesson. We learned it the hard way. 100% we did. But, you know, so when you were talking about like just add 10%, just add 10%, that's what it reminded me of. It's like, what are you basing that on, right? Like what, because in order to, you know, 10% might not seem like a lot and, and depending on where you're at, but to grow, like as a sales rep, to grow your gross sales by 10%. Sure. Uh, to grow your, you know. We, your client base, your yeah, whatever that, it is. That's that's a lot. And you need to have a plan. Like what is the strategy to do it? What And what support do you need? What other tools do you need? And, and how are you communicating that to the rest of the company so that you can actually execute on it right because like i listen for sb pace i own sales but i can't execute on sales without the support of you sure so 
when we don't have the sales numbers we that's want. That's my fault. Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the the other thing is when you create those arbitrary numbers and you know that they're either not attainable or realistic or they're, they don't exist in reality in general, the person who has to deliver on them has no faith in them. So they don't really have any motivation to hit them because if you know, well, you know, 10% is your goal, but if you don't hit it, it's not that big of a deal. What am I trying for then? If it's not that big of a deal, you just want me to, to increase. Right. That's why it's so important to have skin in the game and, and, and be included in the process. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We should probably wrap up and uh, bring Molly on to see what she has to say about this very interesting topic. We've launched a whole new coaching program aimed at helping small business owners accelerate their revenue. This one-on-one, well, technically two, coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and at $600 a month, it's priced perfectly for any small business owner. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com small dash business dash coaching to sign up. All right, and welcome back to the show, and welcome welcome Molly to the show. How are you doing today? I could not be more fabulous. I'm with you folks on your show. It's great to have you. Yeah. We're excited because, you know, we, and I don't think we talked about this on the front end, we actually were on your radio show and really, we enjoyed it. It was fantastic. I appreciate you joining me. It was really fun to have both of you riffing off of each other. That was the first for me, so that was super fun. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Well, one of us did. <laughs> Which was it me? You said that we enjoyed it. Yeah, you did not. No, and I had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you letting us on. And yeah, we had we had a good conversation and that was fun. You um, know what he didn't enjoy, Molly? He didn't enjoy the takeaway that he has to say nice things to me. Yes, and on one of the uh, uh recent podcasts, or maybe it's gonna it, be No, it is the December second podcast. Yeah, I talk I like four different times in the podcast I say how much I appreciate what you do. Mm-hmm. Four times. And every time he said it, Molly, he said, Julie, I'm showing appreciation right now. (laughs) Yes. Good. This is getting immediate feedback. Corey, way to show. Lean into growth. And we know it matters for Julie. Way to go. Yeah. I only do it publicly, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) It's all about Corey. Yes. Don't forget. (laughs) Don't I know it? Welcome to my world. Yes. All right. Well, let's jump into it. So before we were, uh, before we brought you on, we were talking about uh, communication, um, building strategies amongst leaders, and communicating that strategy to the the team, getting buy-in from the team, getting them involved, all of that type of stuff, um, and how important it is. So if you could just validate everything that we just said, without knowing what we said, <laughs> <laughs> just confirm that we're right. Yes. <laughs> well, of course you're right, and of course strategy. What we what we what we are doing also what we're not doing uh, is essential and having the team buy-in is there is without question the top need in order in order for people to actually execute it because um, strategy execution is generally the harder part and that the leaders actually can't on their own do they need the team how do you um what do you think is one of the biggest um, causes or reasons that um, people, leaders fall into that sort of trap of not including their team and getting buy-in. Like what is the, why, why is it happening? Yeah, I think part of it is for the senior leaders, they think about this, they're talking about it. It's very front and center for them. Therefore, it's very difficult to remember 
and imagine what it's like for the other folks for whom they one don't know and two it's not even like super top of mind because they're just trying to execute on all the tasks you have them doing so when it comes to just introducing it starting from the lens of where the other folks are is hard because we, they, they know it all. They're like, we've been talking about it. This is so obvious. And if they stop, they're like, well, why would any of the team actually know any of this? And so you really do need to start at the beginning to help them appreciate um, perhaps some things have changed in the environment. Maybe it's obvious to part of the team, but not, not obvious to others, but shared information, you know, what's new, what's different. that might be driving a shift or change in strategy shouldn't be assumed. So I think that that opportunity to meet people really where they are um, and bring them along is just it's just a bit of a switch because I get it. Leaders are trying to move really fast. And the second thing is I think it's hard to appreciate that sometimes for people, if they don't really get it, it's hard to get their hearts and their, their heads and hearts around doing all the work. So, you know, it's worth that upfront investment uh, to grease the skids, if you will. I just want to touch on one thing that you said that um, really st- stuck out to me is, you know, when you said that the shared information that drives a shift in the business shouldn't be assumed, um, which the reason it stuck out to me is because I think so often with communication, we assume things that aren't there. Right. So we're, we're, you know, somebody can say something and you can assume a tone or meaning or whatever that's simply not there. And in this case, we're saying don't assume something that people understand or are on the same page when, if you're not specifically or explicitly communicating or sharing that information. Right. So it's that almost like the, the, the flip side of the the need for assumption or not having assumptions inside of a communication. Yeah, and it's really hard to necessarily to com- continue to put yourself in the receiver's ears. Yes. <laughs> and because and, we're all in our own world, you know, we're obsessed with, you know, what's going on for us. It's sort of natural, right? Yes. So it's it takes quite a bit of intention to continually be thinking about what's landing for folks and how to convey information in a way that, you know, helps them with their lived experience in your company. Yeah. How does ego play into this or how do you coach people? Because I know that as a leader, a lot of people feel like they need to know everything. They need to kind of exist in that bubble in terms of building out that strategy and and really driving the company. And if they ask for help or collaboration or whatever, it it might seem like a weakness. So how do you help people with that? Well, thank you for bringing it up. And it's a huge topic. And one of the things that most holds leaders back, and this is from my mentor, Marshall Goldsmith, the top executive coach in the world, is people needing to be right. (laughs) <laughs> for sure. And it's just like everybody needs to be right. And this is when I add the what got us here doesn't get us there. So for lots of times coming up in the company, you know, of course, being right is good. You want to have good answers. And at some point, that is actually a vice. It's not a virtue anymore because you're there at the top. And gosh, if the company's relying on you for answers, you're not really doing your job leading people and thinking about looking around corners, are we? So it's, it's a really tough habit. It's a really tough habit 
to break, partly because a lot of folks derive a sense of self from being right, which is totally normal. So the ability to help people appreciate that when you're the leader and you're talking first or you're giving your point of view first or you're very you seem like there's no doubt in what you're saying it's pretty much really hard for anybody to disagree with you and (laughs) the the danger of that is you're not helping people bubble up their ideas even their wrong ideas because wrong ideas can help spur the cognitive functioning of a group and so that ability to say you know i know you don't mean this i can't imagine that a lot of folks find it a bit intimidating um, and gosh, you're paying these people a lot of money. Don't you want them to tell you what they really think? And people tend to go, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, so let's try some things. Let's try to change this up a little bit. How about no answers from you? How about if you are going to contribute, you contribute last and it, it, you know, you can pretty instantaneously change the dynamic of teams. Yeah. One of the, um, things that, um, we use is, um, this concept called imagination sessions, Right. So um, we will sit down and, you know, just carve out an hour and say, all right, this is we're going to have an imagination session. And really the rules are there are no rules. We pick a particular problem or something that we're trying to solve for or that we want to create or expand on or whatever inside the company. So let's say that we have a problem inside of SB Pace where we are we have a product that's just not selling. Right. Like we don't, for whatever reason, we're not selling this product. So we sit down and say, what are all of the different ways that we can solve this problem? And we literally just whiteboard out everything that comes to our mind. No wrong answers. Just throw it up there and then go back through and say, well, how realistic is this one to do? How could could we do this? Could we do this? Right. So it really like opens up your mind to start thinking about these are all the options and then after you're done, you're like, this doesn't work or we can't do this or we would have to, in order for this to work, we would have to do ABC or whatever it is. And it, it one, it gives the freedom of there's no wrong. Well, there are definitely wrong answers. And some of the things that go up there, we just laugh at like, whose idea was that? That's ridiculous. But we know it's a safe space. And the whole point of it is to really, really like think of everything you possibly can and then figure out why those things will not work, why they're not actually an option, and then and then make a plan from there. Yeah, I love that idea. I think the 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 idea of sometimes if there's no wrong answer, you can't say that's not a good idea. That can inhibit. And so I think creating the space to say, okay, wow, maybe it isn't like that's the dumbest ever idea I've ever heard. Why'd you say it? But it might be, wow, I don't even see how that fits in. Say more. And the ability to have the back and forth doesn't make sense to me. Help me understand that kind of interaction can help unpack things and create a a richer, more robust um, kind of investigation of Mm -hmm. different areas. And, and if you set the ground rules, which are, we're not trying to make anyone feel stupid or look bad, but we do want to press into these topics and everyone's in, everyone's in charge of unpacking and exploring them can kind of be a fun way to, to dig deep. You mentioned something a little bit ago about it being intimidating for some people, the situation of, of communicating or expressing those ideas or collaborating, whatever it is, where it might be intimidating, especially if you have somebody who's a strong leader, just a strong personality, and you might be new or young or whatever it is that you don't want to speak up because you don't want to 
do whatever, feel like you're going to get fired or, or shunned, thrown out in the cornfield, whatever it is. Um, so like when it comes to that, in terms of trying to get people to participate in a conversation, aside from the, the, what you were just kind of mentioning in terms of, Oh, you, you know, that's not a dumb idea. Just explain a little bit more. Um, not obviously just shooting ideas down immediately, but what else could people do to help incorporate their team into the decision-making or that strategy to making? Well, I think this is part of the expected behaviors of the team, which is, this is the deal folks. You're here because you belong here and we're paying everybody because we think you have value to add. And in our world, it's, it's, you know, hard to add value if you're not contributing. Um, and you know, I think for folks, particularly if, if English isn't a first language, creating some other opportunities and ways that people contribute their ideas is certainly something to think about. But I think setting the norm of, okay, we really want folks to express what you're thinking, if it's landing, if it's not landing, if you have new ideas, if you have different ideas, if you disagree. And we really want robust dialogue. And it is everyone's responsibility, right? And you're like, Ooh, all the introverts are like, what? Yes, it is everyone's responsibility to be contributing. Otherwise, I'm not really sure why you're here, right? So, okay, so what I'm going to do as your facilitator, let's say, saying, I know it can be hard. Some of us, we call them the noisies, you know, are, are easy to chirp in, but the quiets can't find their way in. So what I'm going to make sure I do is I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to be able to ask folks what they're thinking. And, you know, I know that might feel a little intimidating. If you're tracking with a conversation and you're agreeing, just let us know you agree. I do want to offer that I'm expecting folks to come up with different points of view. So if we're just all agreeing all the time, I'm going to end the meeting and then I'm going to tell us to come back and I want to make sure that we're hearing different ideas. So the leader has the opportunity to set the stage for this is what success looks like and this is a requirement. I mean, it's not an optional event. It's not an optional event to come to my meetings and sit here. Now, if you want them to do that, that's a different thing. But if you're wanting engagement, and then there's MIT research that says the highest uh, performing teams, they communicate in short sound bursts. Everybody's participating in short sound bursts. Not a lot of monologues. Once in a while, we need a monologue. But for the most part, less is more. So I ask people, okay, I'm going to try to keep it crisp. And people will look at me, oh, my God, Molly, we can't keep the meetings crisp. And then, so then I'll say, well, what do you do? Well, I look down and I just keep typing on my computer. I'm like, oh, well, that's really helpful, isn't it? So I do this with folks. If you have someone who is very passionate, you might just say, ah, oh, Corey, so appreciate how passionate you are. I think we may have lost some people. Okay, do us a favor. Two sentences, sum it up for us. Take, give us the high points of, of, of what we need to take away. Boom. So the facilitator has a real role to make sure that you move through with some velocity so that people feel like, okay, we're engaging here, we're on it. Um, everyone has a chance to chime in and everyone needs to chime in. I just want to tell you that you're speaking Corey's language with the sentence, short sound bites. Less is more. Less is more. Uh, we literally just had this conversation earlier today. Use less words, Julie. <laughs> So, yes, yes. And, and I don't pontificate a lot. Th there's a time for conversations, and then there's a time for bullet points. I much prefer bullet points 99% of the time. But I understand the need for conversations. So uh, this is a tip for the Corys of the world because uh, many folks like to talk things out 
and they create connection and relation through talking things up. And there's a balance because they won't feel fulfilled. They'll feel like they're not really connecting emotionally uh, if they're not able to express. So there's a healthy balance to give people the amount of airtime that they need, but also understanding and, and a way to shine the mirror on this is saying, look at, I know that you know what you're talking about. Sometimes if you go on and on, it doesn't, you don't get as much credit. You're not looking as much as, of as an expert that you are. So I'm going to encourage you in some situations, you really want to net it out. And so when you can help people appreciate that a shift is in their best interest, help them look better, that can be a driver for change. You used two words in there that I don't think Corey understands what they mean. Emotional connection. In fact, that's the very thing he's trying to avoid in almost every situation. So that's <laughs> you not, lost him. That's not true. But there, there's a certain point where I, I understand what you're saying, Molly, but also where and and this goes for many 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 conversations i've had throughout the years with many people where uh, yes they they feel a need because they that using more words is going to make a better point whereas i'm like i already know i already know what you like the point is you can just stop right there you don't need to you don't need to finish that paragraph or even that short novel that you have prepared mm. I'm, I already get it. I get it. That's enough. As I like to say, land the plane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you have the folks that have a really egregious habits, then it becomes sort of a team project to be like, okay, we're, we can help you here. We're going to help you, but you have to help yourself too. And, you know, for everyone's benefit, um, you know, kind of game on. So what about the people on your team who might just be completely introverted, 100% scared of public speaking, whatever it is? Would you encourage to uh, leaders to have the additional options to say, hey, if you wanted to come see me in my office after this, happy to talk. You could send me an email. There's a suggestion box if that's still a thing. You know, whatever it is. so that Because uh, people, they learn in different ways and they communicate in different ways. Do you want to encourage that as well? Yeah, that's a that's a really great point, and that's a very you know um, unique situation, person by person, I guess I should say. And I think part of it is understanding from an individual's perspective. You know, why is it that you're afraid? Listen, I am an introvert. I I was terrified, terrified. So, you know, I think that I get it. It is part of the team dynamic to be able to debate and put information out there and hear each other. So if someone really gets a hall pass for that, you know, I, I'd really want to understand, you know, if there's really a growth opportunity for that person that, that, that you'd really want to work on, right? And, you know, you don't want to make it like they're pulling teeth and they hate it, but part of it is saying, you know, look, you have a lot to contribute and I need you to contribute it. And if you don't speak up, it's really hard for people to learn from you. And so just understanding what the fear is, and it can be a confidence, it can be like once I spoke up and I got fired, you know, who knows what's going on there. But I think for me, it begs the question of what's really going on for the person. We're not asking you to like do a full on, you know, Shakespeare soliloquy here. We're trying to just make sure we get your thoughts on problem solving or what have you. So I think that it's an op 
opportunity to help that person grow. And you know, if it is an int- more introverted person, we're tr- not trying to make them an expert. We're just trying to help them not let their introversion get the best of them. Perfect. Well, I think we need to start wrapping up here. We're close on uh, time for the podcast, but uh, before we go, is there anything that we can do for you? Well, I just, I love what you folks are doing. I think the entrepreneurial uh, spirit is uh, fantastic and also a real need in our country for people to have um, opportunities to, to work in smaller businesses. I want everyone to be able to be who they are and say what needs to be said, which is why I started the whole Say It Skillfully passion project that I have. So if you folks could share it with your folks and encourage them to take advantage, I have 50 videos, free videos, where people can kind of hear me talk through challenging conversations. Um, I have my weekly radio show, and I love um, time to time hearing from callers about live problems, scenarios, sensitive situations that they have and we unpack it for the world and um so appreciate your help um in spreading the word and that's what i call being part of the solution well we will 100 percent share your um information your radio show and the videos and I, I i will say this like i when we were on your radio show i was i will speak only for me Corey can speak for himself was so impressed just with your approach and like how you broke things down i just so i think if Anybody and if our listeners should definitely check you out because what what you do adds value and it's needed. So, um, can you tell aside from your radio show, which we're going to put throw everything in our show notes? Can you tell our listeners how they can find you, Molly? Yeah, the sayitskillfully dot com is the site with the videos. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but I think LinkedIn primarily. So feel free to connect with me, and then I. Um, do post maybe once a week and just love to have the conversation. I think folks listening, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, my God, I'm not good at it. Or, you know, she's so good at it. And listen, I didn't speak English until I was five. So this is completely a learnable area. It starts within. So the emotional intelligence to be in good relationship with yourself, the social intelligence to be able to identify someone else's emotional experience, fundamental to connection, Corey. And then the relationship system intelligence, who are we together, you know, and you two are in the same organization, but you have a different experience of being in the organization and the ability to walk in each other's shoes is fundamental to powerful group identity and collaboration and sustaining success. So for me, it's not really just a moral construct. This is how we are better together. Great. I loved all of that. And thank you so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed our time with you and appreciate that you took the time to come on the show and offer some really helpful information to our listeners. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. And once again, everything about Molly will be in the show notes. And you can reach out to us on sbpace.com if you want to work with us. We've got a bunch of free content out there. Or if you're ready to work with us, reach out. You can connect with us on our social media. We've got LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube channel. We do have a YouTube channel. It is pretty fun. And definitely you're going to want to check out our YouTube channel in the month of December because every single day we put out a new video that is tangentially at the least related to the holidays that's very very liberal very liberal it is but there's some fun stuff in there like for instance 
is Die Hard a holiday, a Christmas movie? So you'll have to tune in to find out the answer to that. Um, with respect to our podcast, please download and rate it. We would love it if you did. Um, subscribe to it and give us a review if you're feeling extra generous. And remember, it is the holiday season, so generosity should be a little bit bigger in the month of December. Also, reach out to us about any topics that you might be interested in hearing about because if you've got a wish, we're going to do everything we can to make it come true. Wow. Okay. <laughs> a wish on a podcast topic. Yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify that. Perfect. Sure. So, uh, don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We've got a digital workbook download. It was a number one Amazon bestseller. And if you've already purchased it, please go back out to Amazon, rate and review it if you have not done so already. Right. And once again, I feel like I need to clarify, the book is the number one Amazon bestseller, not the digital download. Also, there might be word searches in the digital download. I, can't, I couldn't tell you if there are or not. You're going to have to go look. Um, I'm Julie. I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses communicate better.